This is a special Uncommon Sense podcast for 3 R FM with Amy Mullins. The interview you're about to hear is with filmmaker Fashid Akalagi and Australia's first music thanatologist, Peter Roberts. Peter Roberts plays the harp for the sick and the dying. He's had a special impact on the lives of many, especially in Geelong and Victoria. Fashid has made a documentary about Peter's life and work, and it's called From Music Into Silence. It has its Australian premiere at Cinema Nova in May. I'm so excited to welcome into the studio two very special guests who I've been absolutely waiting with bated breath to bring in and I'm so excited to share their stories with you because they are the two of the most beautiful people I've met in my life and I'm so um, impressed by this great film that we're going to be talking about and Peter's work. The film is called From Music Into Silence. It's an observational documentary uh, which has been made by Fashion. Akalagi, and uh, it is all about Peter Roberts, a man from Geelong who plays a harp, but it is not just that, it is much more. He's a music thanatologist, which is a subspecialty of palliative care. You must train for two years to do this kind of work, and I'll join, I'll get Peter to come in and um, explain it in a moment, but we're just going to, um, to play a Persian uh, poem. It's in Persian. It's by Rumi, who is uh, a mystic Persian poet from many, many years ago. And uh, it's called the Reed Flute Song. And uh, when we come back, Peter is going to read out the English um, translation of this beautiful poem. And it is it, this uh, audio is directly from the film. So um, you're hearing some of it firsthand. اشنو این نی چون شکایت می کند از جدایی ها حکایت می کند که از نیستان تا مرا ببریده اند در نفیرم مرد و سن نالیده اند سینه خواهم شرح شرح از فراق تا بگویم شرح درد اشتیاق هر کسی کو دور ماند از اصل خیش باز جوید روزگار وصل خیش And there is uh, just one minute of um, an excerpt from, from Music Into Silence and we just heard there in Persian from the mystic poet Rumi and it is called the Reed Flute Song and it was a very important poem for Peter Roberts who joins me here with Fashid Akalagi. So I'm going to welcome them both into the studio. Hi there, Fashid. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you, and hello there, Peter. Hi, Amy. Lovely to see you again. And you. And that poem, as we just said, was such an important um, meaning for you. Yeah. And maybe uh, we can hear from you as to what it means in English so we can get an idea of, of that meaning and then maybe you can explain yeah. why it touched you. Sure. Yeah. So, so I'll read this, the, the poem to you in English. Um Listen to the story told by the reed of being separated. 
Since I was cut from the reed bed, I've made this crying sound. Anyone apart from someone he loves understands what I say. Anyone pulled from a source longs to go back. Anyone pulled from a source longs to go back. It has this kind of yearning, doesn't it? My goodness, it does. Yeah. And when I heard it, Amy, the, uh, the, the reed has in fact been made into a flute. And, and if you hear this particular flute, and the flute uh, is called a neigh, and they use this, uh, the neigh, and when I heard it, it had the neigh playing in the background. And the sound of that neigh is a crying sound. My goodness, mm. it's, so, it's got this yearning quality. And, uh, and that combined with the poem, of, uh, <laughs> as I just read it, it brought me unstuck. But also it, uh, it was an enormous help to me because... I was 48, I was at a time of my life when I was, you know, I had a traditional lifestyle. Um, I was mid, I had a business of my own and uh, we were doing reasonably well, And but I was dissatisfied and I wanted to do more and I didn't know what the more was and I, I thought this was crazy, I'm going crazy because, you know... Uh, and then in trying to sort all that out, and I think it's a common tale for, for people who are trying to figure their lives out, you know, and I'm halfway through it. Um, mm. And I heard this poem and it was talking about being pulled from the source and, and longing to go back. And I, and for me, the source, you know, I thought, ah, oh, there's someone I don't understand. And it was a poet from hundreds of years ago. Um, and it's touching me now as I'm telling you, you know, I'm... Uh, it really did very deeply and still does and um, and so this this poet was speaking to me I had the music playing the whole thing and it was talking about being pulled from a source and I thought that's what's going on I need to go back to a source whatever my source is you know and as I walked towards that source and it turned out to be um, this music uh, using music in this particular way and uh, so that was seemed like the source to me and so I took gradual steps towards it and um, faltering steps and and determined steps and here we are 25 years later and I can tell another a story and Fashi yeah. just made a film about <laughs> it so there you go very powerful it yeah. is it yeah. is really yeah. powerful it's so true I actually find it more powerful when you read it oh Yes. Yeah, then yes. just like I read it online and yeah. and I could see the meaning, but then when you say it, it had a whole other right. connotation yes, or feeling. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Isn't it interesting how the poems can do that to mm. you? Just at that some particular time, it just, just just the right one. Yeah. And for some reason, Rumi just keeps doing that to me. Um, so uh, for the listeners to <laughs> find a find. Um, you know, some translations of Rumi and, and enjoy them, you know. I keep, keep a book by my bedside and I'll read them each day, just a little one. Just, yeah. They're gorgeous, yeah. yeah. They feed, still feed me now, yeah. <laughs> just a sec, yes. Yeah, but I believe you, should, you must have a big and beautiful spirit to being affected mm. by a poem. So it doesn't have the same impression on everyone, mm. yeah. Yeah, you have to be open to it and exactly. ready to receive it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Peter, you um, 
this this poem has touched you and clearly it definitely still touches you and I have seen this film from Music Into Silence two times now so I feel lucky given that it's yet to premiere in Australia Um, but it was so beautiful that it moved me and I've basically like the first time around cried and the second time tried my hardest not to cry (laughs) (laughs) me too (laughs) me too Fashid we were saying we will have to offer tissues as people walk in as part of the ticket price (laughs) it's mandatory but it's it's such a beautiful depiction of your life and your work and also your family and your mother is such a beautiful woman and when you were talking to her about your love of music and she was saying you know even when you were so young you had this deep connection to music mm. yeah. that really you know s- spoke to me because often it is you know in those early developing years that you kind of notice what is in your soul mm. or what you what speaks to you and i think mum's very intuitive you know she's an intuitive person yeah. um mum is 99 now oh my gosh uh, wow. she hasn't seen the film yet and she features so large you know does. so gorgeous <laughs> yeah but that's always one of the stories you know the family stories um Oh, Peter, when he was crying, I used to just push the bassinet up next to the wireless, you know, and turn the wireless up. And uh, she said, not just any music, I had to find the right music. Isn't that interesting, you know, that she knew that or Mm. she she perceived that? I guess mothers know what uh, a child needs, you know, you do what you do. And that was was what she knew to do for me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she has such a beautiful spirit she's so happy and <laughs> she's a lot of fun, fun she, she yeah. still is yes that's right that's right i can't wait that must be the to secret to 99 surely <laughs> her Maybe. outlook on life <laughs> yeah the, yeah the nurses and the people uh, you know where she lives they, they love her because of that yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so peter for some background and this does appear in the film is that we look at you and your family you know growing up in geelong particularly mm-hmm. your daughters yes and um it's obviously a pretty traditional kind of um, lifestyle and exactly, you, you yeah. run a really successful small business mm-hmm. in um, interior design and furniture mm-hmm. and, um, you know, life's chugging along and, uh, you know, you're feeling pretty comfortable but you have, as you've mentioned, this kind of feeling that something isn't right mm. um, and that, you know, I think you said for about three years you were yeah. kind of sitting with this feeling. Yes. How does how does that impact it's, you or did that impact you? Because it seems like it was a fairly existential type of yes. reflection. Yeah, it certainly was. And um, I thought that was my lot in life. I thought that was a bloke's lot in life, to provide for your family and and you put up with whatever else, you know, and this notion, notion of doing something... Um, Different, or you know, to break away from what you're doing, and just uh, that was the exit. <laughs> There's the angst mm. right there because I, I I couldn't define it, and when I found what I found was something so strange, you know. Can you imagine going off to a school in America to play the harp? I've never played the harp in my life, you know. Yeah. But it appealed to me that the notion of what these people were doing with the music appealed to me so greatly, and. Um, so that's what happened. That's what happened. We, you know, God bless my family and my wife, dear Jeanette. You know, um, we made the move together. We all went together, and um, and Dad went back to school and had to learn to type and had to learn to play the harp. <laughs> I couldn't explain this to my friends. I couldn't explain this to anybody. Um, you know, I, um, you know, so many, so many sub stories to this plot. You know, yeah. I remember going to the. I was taking my daughter 
Catherine out of school and she was doing very well at school and I went to the headmaster and said, well, you know, we, we're leaving the country and uh, Catherine will be leaving the school and um, and he, the headmaster is a fellow that I knew. I played football with him when I was at school. Yeah. And I said, we, he said, what are you going to do? And I said, oh, we're going to America and I'm going to... Um, to a school at a hospital and on it's, it's something to do with palliative care and and I'll be playing learning to play the harp and he said uh, I didn't realize you played the harp Mr Roberts you know? <laughs> and he knew jolly well that I had did not have right. a clue about playing the harp so it was crazy it mm. was crazy you know the notion was crazy but beautiful and it did yes. not turn out to be crazy in not the, at all no. in, it was inspired as Fashid has yeah. shown in the film <laughs> a very good decision yeah. if you listen to your heart and yeah. have that courage, which it must have taken a lot of courage. Especially, yeah. you know, Geelong at that time is a very small town mm. in, mm. you know, the way that people understand palliative care or any type of yes, medicine. Yes, that's right. That's right. We're talking, you know, 20 odd years ago. Um, 1994 is when we left. And uh, uh, really, I couldn't explain it. Honestly, I was using other people's language to explain it. And I'm sure people thought we were odd. Mm. Um, there was a, there's a, sub story again uh, my daughters would say that the family joke was they would say that dad's going off he's going to america uh, to be a heart specialist but if you said it quickly enough it sounded like a heart specialist (laughs) (laughs) and people were happy with that they were were happy with that 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 makes more sense than going to play the (laughs) (laughs) the furniture retailer being a heart specialist yeah yeah Anyway, I, I anyway. don't know. I wonder which one's more legit. <laughs> Thanks, Amy. Bless you. <laughs> I do. I agree. And I'll bring you in, Fashid, in a moment. I just want to um, sure. talk about the course that you did and what exactly this subspecialty mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. It's called Music Thanatology, and mm-hmm. it was at uh, St. Patrick's Hospital, St. Patrick Hospital in Missoula, Montana. Montana. That's right. Missoula, Montana. And so... We have to get this term out of the way. Yeah. Um, so music thanatology, and you know, we all understand the music part, but the thanatology, thanatos was the Greek god of dying. And so the ancient Greeks would call to thanatos if they were going to die and they were hoping for a good death. He was the one you'd call in for a good death. Mm. So that's where the term came from. Um, I think it's too long and I don't like the term myself. But <laughs> It is hard to yeah, know, grasp the right. meaning of it in, yeah. in instantly. So I say, um, yeah. anyway, and once I've said that and explained it, people don't want to hear me play because who wants to die once you've heard the fella playing the harp? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, do people don't see it as an omen, do they? No. I hope not. <laughs> there are some, with, a, with a sense of humour, yeah. I've had all the funny jokes about it. You know, <laughs> I'm not ready for the music just yet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was the... You know, that's what music thanatology is. But the yeah. the notion of it is, or the the discipline is to... We were taught to play music in a particular way, uh, not just a repertoire of pieces for entertainment or background music or relaxation. We're really trying to deeply connect with the person in front of us and address the, you know, the issues or the... The things that we see that could could help them as they as they're letting go or as they're dealing with pain or if they're having breathing troubles, you know, I can play in a particular way to assist that. And in the end, you know, we create. You know, the words always fall short, but like a sacred space or a beautiful space that people feel comfortable in and 
you know, I always say I play music um, and silence, music, voice and silence. Mm. So I go from music into silence, more music into silence, more music. And then the silence becomes what it's all about. So people have rested into the silence and the silence is, <laughs> you know, palpable. It's, yeah. cool. it's beautiful. It's it beautiful. has a presence. It has a presence mm. and people feel comfortable to move in that presence, in that silent presence. That's the nature of music of a music sanitologist. That's what yeah. that's the work we do. Well, yeah. It makes a lot of sense, given that when someone is at a point of dying, they mm. are essentially moving into a point of silence. Yes, that's it. And that's it. hopefully, maybe acceptance or some kind yeah. of. And that's that's what this mm. is about: is is creating a, a comfort uh, for them. Um, people who meditate or people who are used to being. Um, well, not alone. People who like their own company understand what that's like. You know, just being in silence is a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, but if you're not familiar with that and it's coming on you, you know, and it was, uh, I'm there to say, hey, it's all right. Come on. It's okay. It's okay. The silence is, it's all right. Mm. You know, come on in here. And I play the music and draw them into the silence. Um, uh, and it's very beautiful. It's very beautiful work. I love it still, you know. I'm finding it hard to do. I'm getting older and tired and so on, but it's still very, very precious and very beautiful work. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh, You have been the only music thanatologist in Australia for a long time. Yes. Yeah. And only up until the last year or so has anyone else in Australia (laughs) become one. Yeah, we have another couple now, which is great. But they're up in, one is in Cairns and one is in Brisbane. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's that's the good news, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's inspiring other people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I think the, the the nature of the story. Well, Farshid, we've got a, got a lot to talk about with the connection with Rumi and how we met and mm, so on. That's mm. really quite interesting. Sure. Um, well, yeah, Farshid, you are from Iran, yeah. So yeah. you're familiar with Rumi's poems, presumably. He's a quite well known yeah, cultural icon. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah. very respected. Like you, in the film, you tr- both travel to Turkey to um, really visit the home of Rumi as well. And it seems like a lot of people are quite um, devoted to his work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rumi's tomb is in Konya in Turkey, and we travel to Turkey to visit Rumi's uh, family and uh, great grand children and uh, his tomb and yeah we used to uh, read Rumi's poems from I think primary school and yeah and most of the Iranian people love Rumi and they know many poems of Rumi and so yeah but the uh, the first time when I heard about Peter it was not about the Rumi connection I didn't mm. know about Rumi, the Rumi uh, in his life. So, but I was very impressed with music thanatology, and he is the only one. He was the only one who do, who did this in Australia, and it was very uh, interesting and amazing. So, I decided to make a movie about him because he is the only one. Mm. And after that, uh, I read his book because. He has a book, and I read his book about his life, yes. and I found out his life is changed by Rumi. And I said to myself, I should definitely put everything on hold and make a movie about him. 
and you know when when I when I met Peter I found out he's very kind he's very friendly and I I immediately found out he has a great spirit so I just wanted to make a documentary about him and I really enjoyed every seconds of making this film yeah yeah and I know that um, because Peter and his work was primarily based in Geelong um, that you traveled down the highway a number of times to be part of that and be ready for you know some of the really important moments in Peter's work yeah I traveled more than 95 times to Geelong <laughs> from Melbourne but I loved it I loved it I still sometimes some days I, I just take a piece here are you up for a coffee and I easily go to Geelong or he comes to Melbourne just to have a coffee uh, because I really enjoy uh, spending time with him and uh, yeah it was really good I never I, I, I never was tired after when I was coming back, for mm. example, I went to Geelong at 9 a.m. and I came back at 10 p.m., for example, and I was not tired. Yeah. I just wanted to reach home and check the footage, <laughs> and I was so excited. So yeah, it was it was really good. Yeah, yeah I remember you telling me that you would often like listen to the audio exactly. on your well, on your drive home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my camera, so when the when the red light was red, yeah. I used to watch the footage <laughs> on the camera and then listen to the audio on the sound recorder. So yeah, I was really excited. Yeah, yeah. it sounds like a real you know passion, and that you connected deeply with Peter and. Exactly. Exactly. The people who met Peter. Yeah, and we, we didn't have any financial support mm. to make this movie. And I really just wanted to do it because it was very important for me. The message of the film was very important for me to tell, the, tell Peter's story, to say to, Peter, to people just to follow their heart. They can do something peaceful and uh, calmness to other people. They can offer mm. peace and love to others easily. Because, you know, these days, constantly we hear bad news on TV, on radio, and there is a man in Geelong who's offering peace and kindness to others. So it is so beautiful. And I just wanted to tell his story, just to, just to tell people, please change your life, do something for others, and be kindness, and be kind and peaceful with others, yeah. Mm, it's such an important message, as you say, and particularly in the time that we're living in, mm. where there is a lot of conflict and people jump to conclusions a lot, particularly in online forums. And also, I, it made me think, you're talking about silence, and I feel like perhaps we're finding it harder to feel comfortable with silence when there's so much going around us and like not only just actual noise but mental noise yeah yeah that, that's so true that's so true it's hard you just it's hard to find a place where you mm. can get away from um, the physical noise but within ourselves yes mind keep t ticking over and thoughts keep coming and going and going it's 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 an important thing to know that just to be aware of that, that mm. that's what's going on and, and you can change that you can change that yeah yeah I'm speaking with Peter Roberts and Fashid Akhlagi and we're talking about From Music Into Silence, which is a documentary film about Peter's work as a music thanatologist. It's premiering, I should mention, this Thursday, but it's sold out. Mm -hmm. Not to worry, because there are three more screenings after that at Cinema Nova. Now, we're not even close to finished, um, so don't worry, anyone. We haven't yet uh, finished this chat, but I do want to um, 
talk about the fact that uh, it's great that Fashid, you have highlighted Peter's work and I know that there was a crowdfunding campaign to get it over the finish line because obviously it must have been a huge task to, to invest your own personal resources into it and Peter investing his time and um, you would have had a lot of generosity from the community. Did you find that the people of Geelong and, and Broader really got behind this documentary? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Many people even found out about the story of this film and about Peter. They were very generous to help us from Australia, even from other countries, mm. from Spain, from US. So yeah, many people have been interested in helping us and even with their screenings. Their screenings was sold out after three weeks, which was great. Mm. So people are really interested in uh, watching his story and watching something beautiful. We just need to tell them something beautiful. We don't need to just show them uh, about the issues, about mm. the problems. So, yeah, mm. people were very supportive. Supportive, and yeah. And, and people were also very generous in allowing Fashid to come into these intimate moments, you know. Um, who wants to have a camera there when uh, your loved one is uh, very vulnerable or you're feeling vulnerable and so on? But we people were very generous mm. in that regard, and the hospital was generous, and the yeah. doctors were generous. Um, this is no, not all about death and dying, you know. This film, uh, I also play for babies. I play for premature babies. I found that the the same approach, because there's no language, we don't mm. talk. I, 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 I play for the little babies and try to connect with them in the same way. And we've had extraordinary results. I've had research done, and uh, that's very beautiful. Mm. I, I have a lovely balance to my work in that I've got... If I'm feeling a little flat from, from doing something else, I'll go and see the babies yeah. and I'll play for them and play for their mothers and these little we're all trying to cheer these little ones on. They're not mm. dying, you know, we're trying to encourage them to thrive, you know, and so the music is, is a beautiful thing to be able to offer while procedures are happening or while they're being cuddled or while they're being fed, you know. So yeah. this and that's in the film too. Yes. You know? So we don't want everybody to think this is all sadness and uh, palliative yeah. care. Well actually that was the <laughs> moment that I was crying oh, was, was the babies. It? Yeah. Yes, yeah, That's yeah. what got me. <laughs> I cried at the roomy poem. There's something for everybody there in this is. film. <laughs> I feel like everyone will have their different moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but I, I was like, you watch... Fashid, you've trained the camera beautifully because you see yeah. the responses of the babies and you would think that, well, what's a, a very, very newborn going to be doing? But honestly, mm. it's the body language and the facial expressions and, as you say, you really connect yes. with them on a, a totally different level and yeah. the mothers can see. Yes. They're just amazed at, at the effect that your yeah. playing has on the, yeah. the babies. So, so this is not about playing... You know, the presumption is you play lullabies and the yeah. babies will be happy. It's not fall asleep. It's really nice, but it doesn't work that way. And Well, these babies are in a special care nursery, yes, so we yeah. should mention that they're there because they need to recover and yeah. get well enough to be able to be released from hospital. That's right, that's right. And so the nature of the work is to, is to make that connection, uh, to be present to that child, you know, and try to reach out and, and find... Uh, particular phrases of music or music that will connect to them and so it may not be a lullaby at all. Most often it's not, you know. Mm. The research 
and, and you know, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm working with that. And uh, then all of a sudden you do connect and you can see something happens. As you say, the mothers can tell. The research, I had a Deakin University professor following me in. Uh, we, anyway, did research and 67% of the babies I played for the oxygen saturation levels increased, so the breathing increased, and you could watch it on the monitor. You could see it, you know, 95, mm. 96, 97, 98, 99, 100. And that's know. very important. Sure. Yeah, it's a very important but metric. The, and the heart, heart um, rate was slowing. Mm. Now, the, there's, a, there's a, an issue with babies breathing too deeply because they, they can't expel the carbon dioxide because their lungs aren't formed, but their hearts was, were, were lowering, you know. So they were calm, but mm. they were breathing more deeply. And when I stopped playing, you could see the monitor go down a little bit. And I'd play and it'd go up again. But the, the research researcher stayed there and she could see that the, the rate stayed higher beyond me being there so yeah. than, than it was before. Yes, exactly. So it's a very, you know, very practical thing. It's not just a lovely thing to do. It's very, no, it's, it is a lovely thing to do. Yes. But there's a practical side to it that is very helpful. Well, it has an application yeah. in yeah. medicine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It was a question for me before filming the yeah. babies in the nursery. So I thought maybe they can just play Peter's CDs yeah. or some other musics for them, which is good for them. Music is good. But when I was filming Peter, I f- discovered it's not just about the music, it's about a kind of conversation. So there was a kind of connection and that connection was really important. And also when Peter was playing for patients, for other patients, it, I, I, I could easily see that conversation as well, that connection as well. Mm. So Peter's focus was on the babies or on the patients, it, and which was very important. So he was not just like a musician who was just beside the bed of someone and just playing and just that's it and go. No, it was not like that. So the connection mm. and the, the conversation was really important. And there was a huge change every time, every single time I saw that change in the babies, in the people who were dying, in the families who were around. And it was really amazing. and. I, I believe it is life-changing for people. Yeah, yeah it, that certainly comes across in the way that you filmed it and let those scenes speak for themselves because mm. you don't really need anyone to tell you the yeah. effect. You can see it. And I think that's what's yeah. so, so wonderful about this film. It, it's poetic in the way it's filmed. And Farshid was, you know, like the fly on the wall. Honestly, we, mm. I said about who would want to have a cameraman in and when when you're in those vulnerable moments but in fact he was very discreet and very soon he was not you know your attention wasn't on the cameraman at all but he was very discreet and he was like the fly on the wall and so he captured those moments uh, without intrusion into them you know and it's so important I think um, that's that's why he got those beautiful shots yeah yeah yeah. Oh my! Yeah, I'm really. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to see it myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it was as, as as Peter said, it was great. No one said no to us, mm. so I didn't want to uh, be very distractive in the room when Peter was playing. So I just wanted to be alone. It was just myself, mm-hmm. so no sound man, no no assistant, no no other person. It was just myself with the camera and the microphones. And I try to don't move too much, yeah, to keep the mood of the room very silent and very quiet. So, and yeah, 
I think there was something that helped us to make yeah. something mm. beautiful and good. Because yeah. all the movement and, and, you know, every person that comes in affects the, the environment. You know, uh, yeah. a family member who comes in who hasn't been there before, uh, you know, you can feel it change. And it's not bad, it's mm. just, it does change, you know. Um, yeah, so everything that happens in that room affects the environment. Of, of of the atmosphere we're trying to create, you know, yeah. and I and I need to allow for that and tend to that and and work with that. And Fashid was very very sensitive to the to to all that. Yeah, it was wonderful. Mm. Yeah. And when we're talking about the environments that you're working in, yeah. obviously, a lot of those environments would be hospitals. Yeah. Uh, because I believe you worked at uh, places like Grace McKellar, which yeah. is um, part of Barwon Health, or also St John of God in Geelong. Which yeah. is the private hospital there? Yeah. So when you're in a hospital environment, there is a lot of noise and movement mm. and intrusion, and um, it really, to me, any person who's in hospital, whether they're just very unwell or dying at the end of their life, it must be such a relief to have a different kind of mm. environment actively created, yes, just for you, yes, and it. Um it's very interesting that the in, the other sounds tend to fall away. Um, an example uh, that I you know, I've given before. It's uh, I can remember playing in a hospital in Melbourne. It just comes to mind now, so I'll say it. And, mm. and they had a linoleum floor. This young fellow was taken off life support. You know, so it was very sad uh, circumstances. But there were other people in the room. You know, there was like, I don't know, four or five other people in the room and he was just in a bed, he'd been taken off life support and it was, for me it was, oh, you know, it was tragic. Um, but his family were there and they invited me to come and we just pulled the curtain around, just simple as that. I pulled the curtain around and there we were. So and then it was just us and then playing the music and then the music created this environment and, and the rest fell away. The rest does fall away, mm. yeah. Yeah, it's like a capsule. It's like a capsule, yeah. yeah that's well said, yeah. 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 Um, I do know myself that your work had an impact on me oh. at high school. Really? Yes, yeah. because you played for my year level at Sacred Heart in Geelong. Oh. And I remember it really so well. I didn't know you at the time, mm. um, obviously, but I sat there and I think you played the harp for, I don't know, it felt like maybe half an hour and it just, I was so affected because it felt like I could feel you in the music mm. and so it wasn't like you were up there performing. It felt like, you know, a really, even with a room full of teenage females, <laughs> <laughs> there was this other kind of beautiful connection mm. that you had with the people you were playing with and playing for. And so to me, I, yeah, I, I feel that every time you do play, it moves me mm, a lot. That's lovely. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. And so I feel like I'm very lucky to have had that experience. <laughs> yeah, so, me too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I should yeah, have gorgeous, had that yeah. many times. Mm. So we don't know what we do, you know. Yeah. Obviously we go about all of us, you know, not just me and the harp. It's, mm. it's all of us. The effect we have on other people we meet. Um, and that's the good news. We can make a difference to people. 
in just being who we are and if we can be the best that you are, you know, it has an enormous impact. And who would have mm. known? Who would have known? Exactly. How, yeah. How gorgeous. Isn't that lovely? It yeah. is amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then yes. my dad would go on to know your daughter. And yes. It's just a... the small connections. It is a small town, Geelong, mm. technically. Yeah. It's getting bigger now. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, it's just so moving. So I'm really glad that we have this chance to hear you play mm-hmm. and, um, and people get to see it in the film as well. So um, I might let this speak for itself because no doubt it will and um, Peter I should mention before we get into it that you not only do you play but you also sorry you also um, have a a kind of like a chant or a singing kind of vocal element Mm. to some of your playing as well what kind of effect do you think that has on the people who you play with and the reason is that you know most of the things that I if if you've heard me chanting there are in fact words um but the words often will get in the way of the person who's listening to it i'd rather them just experience the sound Mm. so it sounds like a chant but it's in fact a song that i know but i'm not singing the words because they immediately go to their mind or they may think oh what's that about or why is he singing that Mm. what that got to do with me you know and it doesn't i'm just trying to offer the sound so it's the various layers so you know, I have to discern whether to pluck one note, at, you know, have I got anything to offer, number one, and it's okay if I don't, mm-hmm. I'll move out. Yeah. If I have got something to offer, what could it be? And so I, I tentatively play something and move towards the person, just, you know, met, metaphorically moving towards them, mm. playing something, and then... Um, and then it be, might become a little more complex or if I'm trying to get in a rhythm with their breathing... And then by adding the voice, it's a very intimate thing to do. A bloke singing for a person, mm. you know, is it okay? You know, or it might be just wonderful, you know. And so I I have to discern whether to use words, mm. and most often I don't. I'd rather it just be that adds to the tapestry of what's happening, just sound. Yeah. And my voice, um, yeah. So that's how it goes. It's just... It's just trying different things and, and adding to this tapestry of elements that, that may be of help to the person, yeah. So there's a long answer to your short question. Yeah, about oh, this. no, <laughs> beautiful answer. Yeah, I, I find it really moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a beautiful combination. Um, yeah, there's a sequence in yeah, the film. Yeah. Uh, we meet uh, a 19-year-old uh, boy and Peter has played for him when he was two weeks bu- yeah. yeah or three weeks old and a very small yeah. baby and yeah. yeah and he was in a special care nursery in the hospital and his mother was there and she said us she, uh, the the boy's name was andrew uh, andrew was really sick at that moment when Peter played for him, and doctors uh, keep say, keep saying to uh, to his mother that he should stay in the hospital for twelve uh, to, to, for another twelve months, which is for which is a, a long, long time. time yeah. yeah, but after uh, after the, after Peter's music, Andrew was changed, and he left the hospital after two weeks. That's amazing. And now yeah. he's a young boy, and he plays guitar. And yeah, he's very good. And it, it was fun in the movie. I, Andrew's mother contacted me because she saw my name come up somewhere or other, and she said, "You won't remember me, you know, but you played for my baby back, you know, when he was a little, you know, when he's two weeks old." <laughs> yeah. Um, and I said, 
uh, he said, you know, she said, we must meet again and be lovely, you know. And he said, now he's, how old was he, 19? 19, he yeah. 19. And, and I said, look, I, there's a film being made. Would you allow us to come and... So I d- hadn't spoken to Andrew. I hadn't seen yeah. him for all that time. And so we, Farshid was there for the meeting between me and this little baby that I played for who was now 19 years old. And he played the guitar and I played the harp. So that was a really a really lovely moment. You know? It's a great connection. <laughs> Isn't it a lovely yeah. connection? Yeah. And the impact that it's had is massive. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's why I, I say yeah. it's really life-changing. Yes. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely, Who and we known? should just, oh, <laughs> we do now, thankfully. I'm glad there was a study done as well. That's yeah. really wonderful because yeah. it's just highlighting in, you know, mm. Facts and figures for those of the yeah. medical profession sure. who prefer them That's okay. to, yeah. to, you know, have that as well. Yeah. Um, so that people can visualise the harp just before you get into mm, it because we are on radio and yeah. people can't see what I get to see. <laughs> so, Peter, maybe you could just um, quickly describe sure, your harp. Sure. So as soon as we say the word harp, most people think of a, the harp that they've seen in the back of an orchestra, you know, it's very large and very ornate and possibly gold and a lady with a beautiful dress playing yes well this is a bloke playing this one (laughs) and it's not grand it's it's uh you know you could call it a celtic harp or a folk harp and it comes up to about my shoulder when Uh, you're sitting down yeah and um it's it's perfect for the for the work because i can carry this myself take it into the hospital um, and move it from room to room. I can put it in the back of the car and go to someone's home. You know, so it's quite transportable. But the sound of it, uh, this particular one has nylon strings all the way through, whereas some harps uh, have steel strings at the base. But this has a particularly warm, comforting sound, um, and that's perfect for this work too. Mm. And another question people usually ask me, why the harp, for goodness sake, you know? Well, for me, it's the same. <laughs> I play the guitar. Couldn't we use that? But the harp is—we don't. It's uncommon around here, but it has—you know—it's got four octaves, nearly five octaves. This one, um, so it has a, has a, a wonderful range, and so the deep, warm sound, uh, tones uh, can be used, and the, and the higher to- uh, you know the higher notes can be more stimulating and bright. Um, mm. I can use the harp as a solo instrument or I can use it to accompany myself for singing so you know it's a polyphonic thing it's like a yeah so it it has lots of purposes and the sound radiates tend to radiate from it rather than project Mm. from it we imagine the trumpet the sound projecting from a trumpet (laughs) whereas when you pluck a string of the harp it does tend to radiate and it's 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 very intimate it's one-to-one it's nothing Mm. in between there's no electronics it's me and the string you know Yep. yep, right back to, you yes. know, basics. Back, yes, that's right, yeah. back to in basics. In a beautiful totally. way, yeah. yeah. And the way the violin is the same and mm. other stringed instruments are too. Yeah, yeah. it has a lot of depth. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, we're very excited to hear it and um, I'm, feel free to take your time okay. to get ready and if you want I can move your mic across okay. if you choose to okay. do um, anything. And just I want a moment to everyone. understand this is not... A concert as such because I don't have that expectation you know I've got a big build up here but um, but really um, the so when I'm playing I'm just trying to find um, the connection between myself and the person who's in front of me 
and I find that I can't even speak when I start to play. The part that part of my brain that plays the harp is the part that speaks. So well, I'll, I'll stop speaking. <laughs> I'll just say that no one can expect us to speak in the next three minutes. <laughs> well, you can do it to lay, yes. Yep. Please li- feel free to We're lie down going. and go to sleep. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the silence and usually at the end of playing I mean that's a very simple piece Um, that one is called Snow White Bird and uh, it's a Dutch piece Um, but that's beside the point Um, as you said there's the silence so the music takes us into the silence and, Mm. and, and I usually indicate to people before I even start playing look when I'm finished I'll just go and so I'll play that piece and I'll put my finger up to my lips because people want to thank me and, mm. and I'll just go, no, no. And then I'll just sneak out and leave them with that, that feeling of, you know, the comfort and the quietness. Mm. 
Mm. And that's the gift, you know, that's the gift for me. It's not Peter the Wonderful Harpist. Peter has disappeared. Where the heck's he gone? Now we're in wonderful silence. It's we're in the silence. The silence is the wonderful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It is beautiful. And, you know, I know that in um, some of the works that have been, you know, spoken about your work and um, thinking of Australian Story a long time ago, you were talking about the fact that you had, you um, played for people multiple times mm. in some instances, so mm. you built up this kind of That's connection. Right. That's right, and it can be that way um, at a hospital, you know, the, the nurses would, I never just bowl in it's always on invitation mm. uh, people are referred to me um, the nurses will ask and so on, but it can be unfamiliar for people to have a harvest come and so they might say, well, all well, the nurse will say, well, would you like him to play just outside the door? And that's so I do that. And then you see the door open up a little bit, you know, and a little bit more. And then in the afternoon I might go back and they'll say, would you like to come in? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and in the end, next to the bed, it, it's all very intimate and close. We don't even know each other, you know, but it's so close. It's a, we're, we're in such a great... Uh, relationship with each other even though we're strangers we were strangers you know not so long before it's, mm. it's fascinating it's one not fascinating that's step it's just beautiful it's mm. beautiful i love it yeah yeah and fashid you highlight the different environments that peter mm. is in and he often gets called out to people who may be in their own home yeah. mm. and mm. there's a beautiful scene where oh. you're playing for that um, young girl who has a brain tumour. Yes, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There but aren't many words for that scene. No, and that was yeah. the first vigil, we call them vigils, that Farshid had seen. Uh, so he wondered what the heck I was doing, yeah. you know, and I was called out to play for this young girl and the dear parents were, uh, they were on respite down at Torquay. And there's a house, someone had lent their house to them and, you know. And then Farshid came along with his camera. Oh, actually, I, I played once and the father wants to take photos and uh, uh, and I said, look, this is going on. You know, the father was making them very public. Mm. He, he put them up on Facebook, you know. He said he had a GoPro camera taking... And I thought, oh, goodness, you know. Um, and I said, look, oh, this fellow's making... He's got a real camera, you know. Would you, <laughs> would you like... <laughs> And they were delighted, from, mm. and it was such a, a precious moment, you know, to, to be playing for this little girl and the fact that they even wanted him there and they wanted cameras there to make to capture it, you know, and it was a gift to them. Farshid made a little clip and gave it to them, you know, that was beautiful of the of the shots, and mm. you could see the relation, see the mother, you know, a love for a daughter, and the you know the father was a big strong guy, a motorbike rider, yeah. standing off to the side with a few tears, you know, it was. Great, you know, great that Fashid caught that because those moments come and they, you know, they're all part of the, the mix of what goes on. But Fashid yeah. caught it, and that's in the film. It's mm. amazing. Yeah. How was the experience for you? Yeah, your yeah, first was, time. Yeah. Exactly, it was my first time, and it was very strong for me to see that scene. A five-year-old is dying and is not well, and the parents were very stressed, uh, but. It was very beautiful for me at the end when Peter finished his music because they were so calm and quiet and peaceful and I really saw the miracle Mm. in that time. But yeah, and all the time, even now when I watch the film after maybe 200 times, (laughs) I feel sad and you can see there are tears in my eyes with watching that scene. But 
as I said always, I, I was really gifted to make this movie about Peter, and I feel more gifted to film that special scene. Mm-hmm. And thanks a lot to, because her name was Alex, Alex's parents to let me to be there to film them. So, yeah, it was, it was really good. And I yeah. think that's a gift to everybody to see that. You know, okay, it's moving, but it's very beautiful. Mm. You, can yeah. see the beautif- yeah. you can see the beauty in the tragedy, you know. Exactly, yeah. Gosh, there's life for you right mm. there. Yeah, it really, it, I think it highlights what you're doing so well because it, it kind of feels like it encompasses everything. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I don't know what to say. Yeah, no, I don't think you can. I think you probably have to watch it because it's just, yeah. Yeah. And that's what is so great, as we've said. It's an observational documentary Mm. and in that sense you're sitting there engaging with the piece silently with your, you know, own thoughts and your own feelings. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's wonderful. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, I really decided to make it make an observational documentary instead of interview-based documentary just to talk about how good is music thanatology, mm. how good is Peter's character. Mm. I try to show it to the audience, show the impact of his music on the patients. I, I try to show his character when, when he's talking with others, when he's dealing with his problems, with his past. So, yeah, that was the reason I decided to make this. And Peter is a, is, a, is a that kind of person, so he, he doesn't talk too much. Uh, he's, he's a very kind man, so he acts. Mm. He, 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 he acts as a kind man, not just say I'm a kind person or I'm a good person or I, I can do these good things. He acts as a good person. Mm. So I try to do the same thing. And if the documentary is poetic as well, it related to his character too. I try to explore Peter's character and Peter's life and Peter's career in this movie. Mm. Well, it is an amazing movie and I hope people can get along mm, to it. Yeah. Um, I've got the dates in front of me so I can read them out. So um, Thursday the 2nd of May is the Australian premiere at Cinema Nova at 7pm. Uh, Wednesday the 8th of May at 7pm. Sunday the 19th of May at 1pm. And Friday the 24th of May at 7pm and um, some of those events I believe Fashid you will be there mm. and um, you know introduce it as the filmmaker and Peter will be there on a couple of the events mm. as well, so we'll to do a Q&A. The, yeah. so we'll be there on the opening of course the yep. premiere um, which is sold out as you said and the, but on the 8th we'll be yeah. both there again for the Q&A as for well. the questions and yeah. answers yes that's right. Yeah. Keep the question simple, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody out there? <laughs> Don't grill Peter yeah, too no, much. Easy, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully this has been um, an easy conversation yeah, for it's you. Been wonderful. It's yeah. been beautiful for me. And um, Fashid? Yeah, I just want to say thank to Jeanette, Jeanette Roberts, Peter's wife, yeah. Yeah. For, for her patience because, you know, for, for three years I was just in their uh, house in, in, <laughs> in, 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 I was with them I was with Peter everywhere and so thanks a lot to Jeanette for being patient with us and yeah it was not possible without mm. her help and her support and also I want to say thank you to the co-producer of, co-producer of the film who is my wife yeah. to Sammy because she was very patient as well because I was working on this movie with no budget for three years and so yeah 
thank you for We're both grateful to Elmer. Yes. <laughs> Often the unsung heroes, yeah. but now today sung, so that's <laughs> yeah. very great. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, I'm going to play um, a track that is going to basically lead us out of this. And so, Peter, maybe you can remind me what it's called. This is the um, track and it's from the opening of the film, I believe, where at the end, sorry, because it's it bookends the film, mm. um, where, Peter, you are in... Oh, yeah. I think it's Jan Juck, is it? Yes. Yes. And you're holding your harp and there's this amazing sound that emanates and and what exactly is that? Well, it's called... uh, Well, it's it's the wind blowing through the harp and when we were doing filming, uh, I said to Fashi, come and have a look at the coast, you know, look at this and I had my harp and I said, listen to this and the wind was blowing through and he thought, wow, that's wonderful. So what you can hear is the wind blowing through the strings of the harp, so... It's nature playing. Yeah, now. exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So yeah. I'm. Yeah. And we have it on the both ends of the film, yes. in the beginning and at the end. Mm. And yeah, and uh, at the end, Peter's is. I don't want to say the whole no, story no, of the no, film. No, no. So, it yourself. <laughs> so, but this part that you are going to play yes. is related to the end of the film. Yep. So here we go. Um, it's uh, this is from Farshid's documentary from Music into Silence about Peter Roberts, who is the person with the harp and and the wind, <laughs> and the wind doing an amazing uh, job. So here we go. Oh, and thank you both. Okay. I say. Thank, thank you so much. Thank you. So yeah. much, thank you. Love for having us. I'm Amy Mullins, and you've been listening to the Uncommon Sense podcast. Uncommon Sense is a radio show broadcast on 3RRR FM in Melbourne every Tuesday between 9am and 12pm.